Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Good vs Evil podcast. I am of course Rigby and I am joined by my friend, colleague, companion, Mr Miller. Miller, how are we today? Oh, I am doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. It is a wonderful day. It is a, so far, freezing, but okay week in the sunny, sunny wonderland that is Las Vegas. <laughs> Las Vegas. Goodness sake. It's weird because, like, you wake up in the morning these days, right, and the sun glares in your window and you're like, ooh. And then you take, you open the window for like one second, or you open the door for one second, and the the cold and like the wind, it just hits you, and it reminds you like, oh yeah, it's October and it's freezing. <laughs> this is just a, a false sense of security. This this sunshine. Um, but it, yes, it but you, it is what it is. You wake up and you see the sun outside through the crack of your window, and you're like, so much optimism. You're like, it's it, it's nice and sunny. It's good. And then you, you step outside for literally not even about half a second, and the deceit and the lies that you've been fed by this weather. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, Mella, but I literally am tempted every day to go on Amazon and purchase a kettle to put right beside me because I literally need to have a hot drink with me. At all times these days, just to keep me bloody warm. <laughs> I've, I've got a wee hot water bottle that, that, that I sometimes use. Yeah, yeah, yes, people, I know I'm not 11 anymore, but, you know, it's it's a dying art to take care of yourself the right way. And I will not be sorry for it. So. No, no. Yeah. Not, not, not at all. There's no shame in that. Well, you've, you've got to, you got to do what you've got to do. I suppose. Um, it's, it's weird, like because you know we're into October now, and you know it's weird because we're expecting in a month or so to possibly have snow and all this sort of stuff, but it doesn't really ever hit us normally. Well, not, not up here. We seem just to get rain and rain and rain. So I wonder if it will be different this year. Um, we'll have to wait and see. I mean. Playing football in the snow is actually quite an interesting thing. You ever done that before, Mella? Yes. Do you remember the times in Mars Academy when we'd have it was like the twenty third of the of the of December or the twenty first? I mean, yeah, the 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 day before, like you 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 uh, went off for the Christmas holes. Yeah, bro. I used to always remember going into the Astro and it'd be snowing as hell, and we'd all and and they'd just go right. Everyone just go in to form a, a couple of teams. And we'll all just play a big game of kickabout. And yeah, because... they were boss, man. They but I tell you oh. something, like getting oh. hit anywhere on your body with that football <laughs> when it's that cold and there's snow on the ball is the because, worst thing imaginable. Because people best believe it may be large academy, but those balls were pumped up properly, so those bastards were hard as hell if they, they hit you, man. Yeah, playing um red ass was not was was just not even in the question. <laughs> not gonna lie, man. I never appreciate those days properly, but I miss those days, man, because I never got kicked out anymore. It's just it's never on the cards. 
and now we're all we're, we're, we're just all we're all working we've all we all work at different times on different days it's, it's hard to to get together but i'm sure it's something that we can we can organize in the near future because i'd love to but that's something that i do miss is um playing football and i think that's something that we didn't i i personally didn't appreciate while at school, um at school and not having a proper job and stuff like that that you can't just go out and everybody's you know off at a weekend because they're on school with you um so they were they were good times they were good times were you a a fan of the of the old red arse games nola uh, it depends who you ask. Uh, if you ask me, um, I enjoyed it slightly. If you ask other people, they enjoyed playing it with me, um, because I was a, I was always the, an easy target. But I survived a lot of ridiculous scenarios. I'm quite a slimy bastard. I managed to get myself out of situations by bending the rules to my will sometimes. I, yeah. I I'll tell you something. I I was a I was an, I was a bit of a, a baby. I I I hated it. <laughs> I, I'm not very yeah. gifted in terms of playing the game, so I lost every single time. So um yeah, I was a very easy target. The only good thing I did have in my favor was I used to be I used to be really small. I did I wasn't as tall as I am now. So they used to miss me or just put it over my head. So that was it. That was an advantage, I suppose. Yes. 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 People, if you don't know what Red Arse is, we'll, sa- we'll, save, we'll save it for another time. It is a very complex game. But best be sure, it is painful. I mean, it's, Especially... it's, it's, it's headers and volleys, isn't it? Except that's the forfeit. Yes, it's people have different rules. It's evolved over time. But it is a bastard to try and get the person at the end when you need to get donkey and then you need to get fucking... The volleys, the half volleys. The header is a bitch. You need to get the header at the start when the keeper throws it out. That's when you get the header. Oh, how many, header. Honestly, how many times did... I, I, maybe it was just me, but how many times did you just head it over the bar from two yards out? <laughs> yes, my inner my, my inner Torres. People, I, I, I have been known for my slightly biggish forehead. And you'd think this thing was made for heading the ball, but it indeed was not. It indeed is not. It is not made for that purpose. And people seem to think, oh, he's got a slightly larger head than me. He'll be good at this. And they've been proved wrong many, many a time. Indeed. Um, shall we Shall we crack on? That was just a wee... <laughs> that, was, that was a good trip down memory lanes just very quickly then. Maybe maybe one day we, for one of these pods, we, we start talking about Premier League football and we just... We just we just talk about our own experiences and stuff like that. Um, yeah. when we when we used to play because we've got some, some some belter stories and um, not not much success on the pitch though. If you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, we've got just as many trophies as Harry Kane, so. So that, that that's a big W then for us, isn't it? <laughs> yes, damn right. If you guys, if that's something that you would like us to to go to to do one day, um, do let us know. Um, uh, and we and Miller will do a wee pod talking about the football team that me and Miller used to play for. Um, but let's get cracking, shall we? This is the the Good versus Evil podcast, um, and I would like to talk about um the evil or the the, the negative team at the moment, and um, you know, 
we 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 always seem to compare. We always we're always going to compare to our Premier League predictions, aren't we, Miller? Um, whenever we talk about a team and how they're actually doing and stuff. Um, and this is a team that we were not sure where to put them. I, they were they were in the top four. We we said that, but we couldn't decide whether they were going to put them at the top at the end of that or put them into fourth place. Um, and it is Manchester United that we are going to talk about today because. I'm scratching my head. We've done podcasts now for the last couple of weeks, you know, and we've spoken about United's results and performances and whatnot, but I'm starting to scratch my head as to the consistency of the bad results that they're getting at the moment. Um, I mean, to lose 4-2 to Leicester, I mean, Leicester are a good team, but they've not been in the best of form themselves. I mean, it, it it wasn't a great, it wasn't great for them, was it? No, um, see, this game, I think, or the last few weeks, this game symbolised why we didn't put them in the position which their fans fucking thought they should have been. Because we know all too well, ourselves as football fans, and as a casual viewer that we can be, um, and the, the neutral we can be at times when our teams aren't playing and we decide to watch these other teams, then we know ourselves the quality they have, and you have mentioned the quality they possess. They just, they just have, they just lack that consistency. And we've touched on that in the past. Uh, we mentioned that Ollie could be the problem. We mentioned some players are the problem. Um, United aren't their team of old that, you know, if they don't play well, uh, They'll get the win last couple of minutes, like during like the Fergie days kind of thing. But when they don't play well, they don't play well, and another team's capitalised. And we've seen that with the first goal, when bad defending and bad go- and from Maguire, and then Ianacho gets that ball, hits it straight to Tillman's, and Tillman's hits it top corner, and that that's the beginning. Then Leicester come right back in the front foot, and then they hit the post. Tillman's again, and you're kind of going mm. because even even while watching this, you're like, right, Leicester are kind of playing like they're playing like how they were playing last season, because I thought they were on it. Maybe, like I thought they were going for it, and then then they go and score the second, um, a nice wee rebound. And they're down two now. <laughs> and you're you're sitting scratching your head, going, "What are the defenders doing?" Like the the player that scored, I think it was a centre back. It was a uh, what's his name again? Sayanchu. Um, yeah, but he, he had so much room, and there's so and there's like three defenders on on our man, and I'm like, "Why are you leaving defenders unmarked in the box? They're the threat in the box." They're the guys that, that are there, and people are going, oh, they're, they're probably thinking they're tiny minds, like, oh, it's a defender, it's a rebound. he's not the best guy to be marking a rebound, but then no, turns another way, and then they get they get their they get their goal, two one back, and then Leicester, not too long after. Good score in our one. It was it and was literally one minute between Rashford's goal yeah. and Vardy's. 
Yes, and what a finish by Vardy. It was beautiful. And uh, that's, that's just Vardy in it. And then right right after that, uh, a man that has had a superb week. Oh, yes. Uh, that Dakar, that's what, five goals in five goals a week? In, five goals in, in a week, yeah. Because uh, he's got four, obviously, if, if you don't know what's home, four goals in the Europa League game as well that they played yesterday for Pats and Dakar. Yes, I. anyone who knows me, I know I rate him highly. I've had him on FIFA this year already. He is a beast. Um, yes, I I thought, despite Man United getting the two goals, they just weren't really in the game for me. Um, Leicester were just on it. I don't know what kind of Kool-Aid they were drinking before the game, but they were just on another level. And hopefully this is hopefully, uh, hopefully this this is um things to come for Leicester. Hopefully they can get back to the level that we they were last season. Indeed. Uh, I mean, I mean, before we before I I I talk about Leicester and let's give them full full credit because they they did deserve the win and whatnot. But for United, they've lost. So so this season so far, they dropped points at Southampton. Um. Then the last couple of games, they've lost to Villa at home. They drew to Everton, and they've lost to Leicester. Now, don't get me wrong. Leicester and Everton are decent teams. Um and whatnot, and it, you know there's other top teams are going to get, will drop points against these two. Don't get me wrong with that, but it's very worrying that that's happened early on in the season because now they've kind of got to go for the next couple of months. They've got kind of got to win most of their games, maybe get the odd draw there and whatnot just to keep up with the others. You know, it it could be could be very very damning. I mean. I mean, let's talk about. It. I mean, first of all, the the, the Greenwood goal is fantastic. It really is. He's he's a really really good player, and it's a fantastic strike on the left foot. It really is. And when they score that, I don't think I think it was quite early on as well. Um, at nineteenth minute, you know, you just expect United to to kick on, especially with Leicester's Leicester's troubles of late. Um, you know, I mean, I go back to the the Crystal Palace game when they took the lead two 0 and and they 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 conceded the two goals and whatnot. You know they they haven't shown that they they can come back yet, but they they you know been able to take the lead at the first and then hold on for a point. So you you fear the worst. But I mean Harry Maguire, what is he doing? I mean they they are missing Varane United. They really are. Yeah. You know that that touch yeah. of class on the ball and whatnot. I think Maguire's performances defensively. I mean United's whole line defensively just gotten a little bit shaky again. Um, if I'm being a little bit honest, they're defending a bit questionable um, and Varane's not been there for long but he brings a bit of calmness a bit of control and whatnot um, to that back line um, and listen for Maguire it's, it's a mistake you know you can see that he's trying to get on the front foot um, just a little bit lackadaisical um, loses the ball it's a phenomenal finish from Telemans it really is I mean to try that is just insane looks like an idiot if he misses it um, so it was fantastic um, and then, like I say, you, you've already gone through um, all the other goals now. Left. But, yeah, I'm... Listen, as a United fan, I'd be screaming all the out now. I really, really would. Because 
we've mentioned it many times how good their squad is, and don't get me wrong, there is still some signs that need to gel in. Sancho still hasn't been able to, to get going yet, but it's still very, very early days and whatnot. I've just mentioned that Varane is out again and whatnot. But they've got so much quality that you still expect them to be a bit more competitive than they have been in the last couple of weeks. Definitely, especially with Ronaldo in there as well and whatnot. Um, you know, now for a fair play to them, it looked like last night in the Champions League against Atalanta that they were good. That, um, it was deja vu. They went 2 0 down and whatnot. But I think I never said this many times, and he is 100% correct. They're such a weird team because for 45 minutes, they can be the worst team that you've ever seen. And they can be a couple of goals down. But they've got so much attacking quality about themselves. And, you know, proper top, at the top end of, of the of the spectrum quality. That they could just turn around in about half an hour. They're such a weird bunch. And I think they've just got, in terms of the United, if they're going to challenge for the Champions League and the Premier League title, which I don't think they're going to do either. You know, just because of, you know, the consistency and how they play in games is that they've got to stop going that 2-0 down because if they can stop that they win the games 2-3-0 or yeah, you can play badly in the first half you know that it's not ideal but you can but you just but you need to cut out getting, getting rid of the, the, the sloppy goals and whatnot. and I think that's something that will will, will frustrate United fans and yes, listen yesterday's comeback was fantastic it was very important for them because obviously we know they lost their first game in the young boys they nipped the win against Real very late on in the next one. So they drop points again for that one. It puts them under a little bit of pressure in a group that they should really be dominating. Let's be let's be honest here. You know, a group with Villarreal, Atalanta and Young Boys, Manchester United should be dominating. They should win in every game, or at least win in about four of them, and cruise into the top of the, to the group. So the fact that they, they seem to be struggling to, to, to dominate it is a, is a bit concerning and whatnot. But... Um, I mean, the big one is, is, you know, do you get rid of Oli now? You know, unfortunately for the United board, is he's a big fan favourite. You know, he's he's an idol at United, considered for that um, goal that he scored in the 99 Champions League final and whatnot. So it's really hard to get rid of him because at but the end I, of the day, yeah. they're, still, they're, still in, they're still in the top four. They're still going to qualify out the Champions League group. So they could completely turn it around, and they're not very far away in the Premier League. That, you know, I've mentioned that. You know, if they can, if they can go on a, a decent win streak in the next month or two, you know, or or a beaten streak, you know, they're, they're right back up there. But you just wonder if that's actually going to happen. I mean, go on, Miller. What were you going to say? But I think this is this this is the little safety net that they've had since he came in. They're like, oh, it's okay. He's in the kind of Champions League spots, and he just won his his Europe game. Like that's that's the excuse that they he's had since he's been in. Like if he if he has bad results in the league, oh it's okay. He's got Europe. When's he when's he done anything in Europe? And then the top four is like the top four is nice, but when you're a team like United, you need to be challenging for trophies, honors, and it doesn't look like. I mean, it looks like they can challenge, but what really is challenging? These days, it's kind of different for most teams, um, and especially more challenging. But, but really, but are they challenging? Like they're way behind Man City and Liverpool, and um, you know, like they'd be challenging if they were slightly behind 
completely. But they're miles and miles at the back of the pack. If you if you're going quality, consistency, and just overall the way the club is run and and also the manager, you've got to look at the manager. You've got Klopp. Well, what, what, what 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 were your thoughts on them playing four two four yesterday? It makes no sense because it leaves your midfield so exposed. In most teams these days, if you have a strong midfield and a compact midfield, then you're far better off. Like for me, I like a team with a solid midfield structure because if you don't have a solid midfield structure, you're going to get burned over because you need you need to have for me. Four midfielders is enough. Three at a push. Three at a push. But if it's three midfielders, it can't be a left mid, centre mid, and a right mid. It has to be three. Like one, one midfielder and two holding care defensive midfielders for me. But if you're going full on attack and you're not taking your chances and you're leaving your midfield exposed for counter attacks, then you've got a defence that's quite shaky because you don't have Varane in there. Then you're going to get burned. And that's exactly what happened. Leicester, Leicester took full advantage of that situation. And, you know, I, I know we always touched on the Leicester and been playing too well. But you can't be cocky with their team because you've got Tillmans who will rip you apart. You can Vardy that will get you that goal. And, that Daka who's just had, who you know before this was kind of just there, but now he's shown his quality in the last week or so, so he's a danger. And you've got Ian and Atchell that can come in there and cause you problems. So yeah, I, I didn't think this was this was the right time. I don't think it really is the right time in the Premier League, unless you are of that that high quality to be playing that kind of formation. So I yeah. think that was the wrong decision. And you've got to look at Oli again for that. You do indeed. Um, I mean, a quick word on on Leicester. Obviously, they win this game. Fantastic. They just get over the line in Europa League. I mean, let's you know, playing Thursday is a nightmare. It really is. It's it's the only it's the big thing why people don't want to get into Europa League in terms of the top four anyway. That you know, if you are calling the support top four, any top team that want to be challenging for. The, the top four positions because it's so horrible to play on a Thursday because you get the jet lag, you don't get back till Friday um, and then you've got one day and then usually if you're away you, you're hopping straight over to that away ground to, to get it and then to play on the Sunday. It's it's a horrible situation. It's similar to if you play on a Wednesday and then you're playing on Saturday but it's it, you know that has definitely affected them and whatnot. But um, you know, it's it's the last two two games they've they've got the W's. Defensively, they're very concerning as well because they're conceding far too many goals. They've already conceded two, two at Crystal Palace and whatnot, um, and two in the other game. And obviously, they conceded two against United and then three against uh, Spartak Moscow. Uh, was it who they um they played? So that that's worrying for them, and they they they've definitely got to shore that up, especially if they. Because there was many people, I think us ourselves, who had Leicester about fifth or sixth at the very least. You know, they've they've got the yeah. team to do it. They just maybe have to just shore up a bit more defensively because they're just maybe a bit too easy to score against at the moment. 
Yeah, I think I think this game, this game especially showed us why we put Leicester United in the positions that we put them in. We put Leicester in that position because Leicester are a very strong attacking team. They may lack it a little bit in defence, but when they're on it offensively, then, you know, they're on it. And as I touched on before, the reason United aren't up in that high position, that top-tier position, is for games like this, decisions from the manager like this. So, again, people, we have justified our reasonings for our predictions at the start of the season. Um, it's very as clear as day, you know, the problems at United. And while Ollie go, I don't see it. And that's a scary feeling for some United fans because, you know, we, we've just we've, we've seen Steve Bruce go from Newcastle. Um, Will we see Ole go? Yeah, he's a fan favourite and all that, nickname, blah, blah, blah. But that was fucking... Well, here's a question, we were... for, here's a question for you very quickly before I let you continue with your point. Obviously, they play us next, Liverpool next. He loses that game on Sunday. How much pressure does any get put under by the fans? Or does he not get put under pressure, do you think? I think he should be under pressure right now, but I don't think he is. He should be under pressure right now, but again, I don't think he is. I think they're just so nonchalant and calm with the whole situation, which at a big club, you shouldn't be. Usually, at big teams like your Liverpool's or Chelsea's, your Man City's, if you lose or you drop points one, two weeks, three weeks in a row, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's red flag straight away to head office of the boards, to the fans, it's people going, wait a fucking minute here, this shouldn't be happening. You know, we're dropping two points, we're dropping a point, we're dropping three points. You know, this can't happen. We've got goals for this season. We've got targets we need to reach, and if we drop points, we're going to reach those targets. Then you look to the manager and go, why has this happened? Have you beaten this team? You know, so... It's just disappointing. Um, he should be under pressure. Is he? Don't think so. Um, and that there lies a problem. And there lies there lies a problem for the last few years since he's actually been here. Uh, it doesn't seem like if he does go on a little run of drawing points that it doesn't really the board aren't really that bothered. And then the cracks get painted over when they get a good result in Europe and then they go again. So, well, as a United fan, I'd be worried, I'd be concerned. But as a fan of a team that doesn't support United, I'm like, don't really care. Don't really care. Let them suffer in, in, uh, let them suffer in, them, in themselves. And we'll just, you know, do our thing because when we drop points rugby, uh, it may not take take the first week to get back, but then we get back and we deal with our situation. So, you know, it remains to be seen what happens to them, but I don't see anything changing in a managerial standpoint for United. Fair enough. Well, one club which managerial hands have changed, although we don't know who the new one is yet, is you've already mentioned it, you know, Cast United. 
Steve Bruce after his what was it his thousandth Premier League game in in as manager or something like that, um, did get given the sack after their defeat three two against Spurs. I mean, the big talking point for that match before we talk about Steve Bruce was of course the fans taking ill. Um, you know you've you've got yeah. to applaud the likes of Vigilion, um and the couple of Spurs players that noticed it and decided to, to stop the game. And, of course, you've got to praise the doctor and all the fans that were helping out and stuff like that. But, you know, it just shows that it's so important that when you're in a, you know, that when you're in a football stadium that the football comes second when uh, bef- after somebody's health. Like some, the, 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 everybody's health is, is, is the main thing, and it's um, really good to see that um, he's, they, the, the fans seems to be okay. I mean, what... What were your thoughts when you heard the news that the game had to be stopped because of um, a situation in the stand? Uh, when I found out about it, I didn't really know much about it. Uh, I still haven't. I still haven't really dwelled into the situation, but it was sad. It was a sad feeling. Uh, no football fan should go to a game, and you know their life should be. I mean, the scary part is that they said that if he hadn't been to that ground and you know had had it there. And had to get the defibrillator that he might not have lived because if you were at home, you wouldn't have got it as quick as that or got the attention as quick as that because he was next to a doctor. So, in some ways, it was a good thing that he he gone to the match, which is even scarier than I thought. Yeah, it's it's really hard to think about it because we're kind of like, you know, to work in that situation, you don't want to really think too much about cases like that, but. Is is it is it not right after their equaliser at all happened? So no, so so yes, yeah, so after Spurs equaliser, yes, yeah, so it was like the thirty ninth minute, I think I want to say, um, or maybe it was just like yeah. later than that, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because I'm sure it's right after the VR gives them the goal, and then Regulian mm-hmm. goes over to the referee, and kind of goes, he's kind of the hero of the situation. Like, Wait a second here, there's something going on here. We need to stop this game right now. Yeah. And this is right after they go to the equaliser. It's a very unselfish thing. Uh, again, another footballer showing the human side of his personality. And yep. you know, you're taking the initiative and going, wait a second here, this game has to stop. There's an affair going on in the stands. And yeah, if it, maybe, maybe if it wasn't for him, you know, another player said going on, then maybe. He could have saved a life that day, and you know that's we all hope in life to have those instincts and to have that moment where we can kind of help someone in in that need. And you know, hats off to Wigley, um, and hopefully that fan is doing a lot better. I've not heard any. Negative news about the situation. I've not really heard anything else, so I can take the silence as the person has got better and that everything is good. And yeah, it does indeed. I mean, we. I mean, obviously, you know, we work in hospitality sectors, um, and I'm sure that at some point you've had to do um, medical training um, or the, the health and safety. Yeah. Um, you know, day and stuff like that, you know, and it's one of the days you're like, oh, do we really need to know this? But, but it does show that it's it's good to know these things because you never know 
when something when somebody's going to need your help in that way. So that's really good. But um, anyway, on to the football. It was um, not a great day for the for Newcastle's owners. Uh, first game in charge, if you like, um, a three-two defeat. Um, I mean, it's it started off pretty well. They they took the lead through Cam Wilson after two minutes. You know, this this the stadium goes delirious and whatnot. But maybe that goal just came a little too soon because um, after that it, it was all Tottenham and Dombele's equaliser was fantastic. Um, then Harry Kane, as you said, a goal originally was ruled out, but VAR overturned it correctly. He was onside. Brilliant run from Harry Kane who, who got on the score sheet. And then once the players came back on the pitch, unfortunately for Newcastle, Spurs took advantage again. I mean... One thing about Spurs, what I would say about this performance, and I, I didn't really watch this game properly till, till after the restart, if I'm being completely honest. Um, but one thing I noticed was how much quicker they were getting to the ball, moving the ball. They were just well in control. And their third goal, personalised, it was very quick passing. It was a lovely pass by the Kane. Very unselfish into Son. Um, 3-1. They could have had a few more in the second half. Um the only reason it was 3-2 was that um, Newcastle put a ball into the box and Eric Dyer headed it into his own net very um, very comedically, if you like. Um, very, very, very Eric Dyer of him, I'd say. Yeah, very easy to do, isn't it? You know, you, when you're running back to goal and you feel like you've got to get your head to it, it's, it's very easy to do and whatnot. And it made it kind of nervous, but um, obviously John Joe Shelby's sending off the Riot Pryor um to to that obviously steal Newcastle's fate and whatnot. But you know, I don't think anyone was expecting Newcastle to, 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 to actually go and beat Spurs and whatnot and the performance is worrying. They're in nineteenth place. It doesn't surprise me that Superus has been sacked. Um they've they've never really been happy with that appointment, the fans, to be honest. I mean my mate Cal, Newcastle fan, um came straight on the day before he did get the sack and just went, We need to get rid of him now. You know, we never wanted him in the first place, but in 19th place, we can't afford to be going down, all this sort of stuff. And all valid points completely, and that is the reason that the decision has been made and whatnot. Um, but I'd just like to get your thoughts, Miller, on how you think the treatment that Seabrist has had while at Newcastle has been. Because you've had a, a similar situation at Chelsea when Rafa Benitez was in charge, you know. When a, when a manager has been at a rival club and then he comes to yours, the fans, they, they don't forget stuff like that, do they? Um, they do not. Um, despite uh, that, I actually liked when Rafa was at Chelsea, he was doing... No, but the, the wide, but, but, but if we're honest with you, the, the wider Chelsea community and the atmosphere was, was about 60-70% we don't want Rafa at yeah. all. Yes, um, very bitter. But I understand the bitterness. I never questioned it. I never went, oh, you, you, should, you should be more uh, unbiased and grateful for what this man has done in this situation. Um, you, need to look, you need to look at it and go, I understand why. Because, yeah, he was at a rival team. Um, there, there was times in the past where Rafa that did say things about Chelsea. Um, you know. I would like to say all uh, true things, I might add. <laughs> and, you know, and and also if you go to the Steve Bruce situation, um, you know Steve Bruce, he's grew up in that 
area, you know, he's from that area. Uh, but yes, he also did manage fucking Sunderland. And even though Sunderland aren't a threat in any way possible, they're kind of stuck in. They're missing, and I didn't see them came back. Nobody really cares about Sunderland. Um, but that's still their big, big, big rival. I mean, with this oil money now, I mean, that's fucking, that Derby's diminished into the water. But yeah, as soon as your manager arrives arrive aside, and then you go manage that club, and then you start to get really bad results, there's no, sen- there's no sentimental, there's no sentiment. The fans aren't going to go, oh, but he's done this for us, he's done that, Deeper's done nothing for Newcastle. And that's, that, that's, that's me, I'm not trying to be harsh, but there's, there's nothing I mean, to fall back. I mean, he kept them up. Yeah, but, you know. And last season they had a big patches without, like, the Valentin Maximan and Callum Wilson, and he, he still managed to keep them up, so, although yeah, guess... their squad's not the best, is that not an achievement? In terms of the squad that he had. Yes, Bruce, Bruce is a good manager, but looking at it from a Newcastle fan standpoint, you're like, I don't give a shit about this guy. Like, you know, Newcastle fans aren't really expecting to go down despite their team being meh and despite them going down before. You know, again, I don't think they really look into him um, getting survival a lot too much. I think they just want him out and that's just it. And... Yeah, they've got him out now. Would would he be out if it wasn't for these new owners? I don't think so. Uh, but these new owners have struck. and But now, these owners who haven't won the football team before, now they need to get the right replacement in. Will they? The names I've seen, I, I don't Paolo, think so. Paolo, Paolo Fonseca seems to be the leading role. The leading candidate, oh. sorry. Um, ex-roller manager. Is that not the guy that was going to be Tottenham manager, but then didn't become Tottenham manager? I thought, I was thinking that. Yeah, I think it could have been. It could have been linked with that job, the, the former Portuguese international. I've, I've never heard of him. I, I only heard of him for the first time in my life when he was linked to the Tottenham job. Now he's linked to the Newcastle job. Is he maybe... A good manager to have for six months to a year. See what happens. Maybe I can't really say too much on him. So again, I don't know who he is. Don't know his managerial style. Don't know anything about him. I don't know. I mean, this is I mean, why. I, I mean, this is this is why I think they shouldn't have actually briefly had a replacement because I think I mentioned in the last pod that I think what Newcastle need is a manager that's there for the journey. But at the same time, for the next six to nine months, there's one priority, it's to keep in the league. Get them to that summer transfer window. You know, I'm not saying they're going to be able to spend ridiculous money. And they don't spend a lot of money, don't get me wrong, but, you know, they need someone to get them over the line. And a manager that doesn't really know the Premier League too well, it's a big risk. There is only one man that can save them now, and his name is Big Sam. I was going to say Sam Allardyce. <laughs> Bruh, legit. See if they had a plan, right, where they'll get a manager at the end of the season that is there for the journey, as you said, and can do the business, and can be there to 
the guy that developed them for the next few years. But you get Big Sam, and Big Sam does the work, the witch doctor himself, and he get and he gets them over the line. Bargain, get Big Sam in. Fuck it, get Big Sam. In. I know he's also got ties to other teams as well, but Big Sam is an, ex- an exception. He's a lovable man. He's a lovely man. He's got the he's got the accomplishments in that area. Get him in. Come on, you Castle fans, what you got to lose? Get him. Come on. I mean, I, I haven't really seen his name for the length of it, so I doubt that's going to happen and whatnot. Dis- disappointing. Come on. <laughs> ah, well. Anyway, um, shall we move on, Mella? Um, obviously, we'll, we'll talk briefly about our two teams who got comfortable wins, to say the least. Uh, well, maybe not so much for years, but obviously, obviously yeah. Liverpool, 5-0 win against Watford away. Um, apparently our biggest win away at Vicarage Road, or maybe it was just in the Prem, I'm not quite sure, I can't remember. But um, yeah, very, very good victory um, for us. It was the Salah show once again for the, for the um, what was it, the fourth or fifth game week in a row for Liverpool. <laughs> He's just, yes. he's, I mean, before we talk about, obviously, the performance and the, the goal, which is incredible. What a one, one question. I do what, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a rhetorical question because there's only one answer. Is Mohamed Salah the best player yes. in the world yes. right now? Yes. Yes. He's yes. just absolutely on fire. He really is. I mean, the first, I mean, let's talk about the assist first of all. I mean... Straight away, outside of the boot, into Mane. It's just perfect. It really and, and is. Jordan makes it perfect, not because it happened and not because it was him, but it's, it just makes it look so effortless. And that shit yeah. ain't effortless. Hard fucking pass to, to do. Mm-hmm. But it's just the link-up play. It's like putting the fucking socks on your fucking feet in the morning. <laughs> it's, like, it's like putting shoes on for when you're about to go outside. It's you do it without thinking. It's just a thing that you do. It's something you've done so many fucking times that it's normal to you. When he hit that ball, I'm going. It's done. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when you're in that, when when everything's going so well for you and you've got so much confidence, things like that, I just think you try and you know it's just going to come off. Um, which is the best way to describe his goal. I mean, it's it's the fact that he stops, stands kind of stands on the ball, manages to roll it, and then. He cuts inside, the the slide from Cathcart makes it even better and then the finish. It's just it was just absolutely magical. It really was. In a game that we were already dominating uh, from start to finish for you know, for Watford, you know, you really worry for them. You know, they brought in Ranieri who definitely was won the Prem of course with Leicester. We all know this story and whatnot, but hasn't had the best of time since leaving Leicester. He's lost he's lost his last couple of jobs and whatnot. And yeah, you know, yeah, he's just Ranieri again. He's just becoming that Ranieri before he went to Leicester, and he's just been back to that. And we'll 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 talk about Watford's setup and and that in a second. But of course, we can't forget Bobby getting a hat trick. You know, he's you know, there's a lot of people saying, should he be? You know, is he out of our starting front three? Has Jota replaced him now? Um, and there's plenty of evidence to suggest that. You know, it's not the hardest hat trick he'll ever score, Bobby. But he was in the right areas every single time. And give him absolutely yes. massive credit. He really needed that as well, I think, definitely. You know, if we can get 
Bobby Batson's Would... best scored is scoring goals and getting assists and whatnot. That's only going to help the team. But uh, this game was his performance was the performance of your ideal number nine. Yeah. If you're looking at if you want a guy, if you want a number nine that's in the right positions every single time, even if it's tapping, so Jesse was most of tapping. However, he was in the areas. So sometimes strikers and teams and you're going, why are you not making the run there? Why are you not making the run there? And Bobby in that in those situations where he got the hat trick, he was there. Normally the keeper saves it and it's a tap in. He scored it. He was there. He, he had the intelligence to be in that situation. Then his last one, tap in, and in position yet again, he's doing his job as number nine. Then the next one, same situation again. He's got the instinct. And that game just showed that he's got that quality and he may, he may not be scoring stunners like Salah. And he may not be, you know, getting goals of the week, but he's getting important, important goals. And especially, I mean, yeah, it maybe would have been that important because Liverpool would have beat them anyway. You never know. You never know. You've got your players who can be in that position. And, you know, that's something a lot of teams lack right now. So, if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be buzzing. You've got oh, I am buzzing. I bet you are. Uh, you've got Sal, who's the best player in the world right now. As a Chelsea fan, I'm saying that with a lot of confidence and I will not take I will not take the, any other player right now. And and you've got the rest of the team in the, in the last few weeks, month or so, are coming into their strive as the old Liverpool. Not that they changed much. They've always been high quality, as I've said before in other pods. But this, this game just proved the Liverpool of old is still going at it, getting the results. All the players are doing their part. And yeah. Good result for the Scousers. It was indeed a good result for us. I mean, that was... I'm just doing some some very quick maths here, Mella, so bear with me. But I think that was... Well, it was the fifth um, Premier League game in a row that we scored more than two goals um, in a game. Um, we scored at least two goals in every Premier League game, apart from against yourselves, of course. Um, so, you know, we're, we're flying high with the goals scored. Um Defensively, you know, Virgil's still getting back to his best and whatnot. We are giving away a few sloppy goals, but Watford they didn't lay a glove on. So I think I remember them having one shot. Um, you know, Soko at times got a little breeze, got, you know, showed a little bit of class and whatnot. But <clears throat> I mean, obviously, you know, and yeah, he's only just come in, so you don't want to criticize him too much, and you shouldn't at all. But one thing I would say is that you always expect a response when a new manager comes in from the players, but it didn't happen at all. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Um, You know, they did start off us from minute one, and when you're the home team and a big team comes to you, the first thing you do, you make it as difficult as possible, you get in their faces, or you sit back and you, you stay as two banks or four or five, whatever, depending on what formation you're using, and you make it difficult to break down. And from minute one, it was little, it was like, right, Welcome Liverpool to our to our stadium. You know we we welcome you and have everything that you want. Here's a buffet of cheeses and some water. 
enjoy the buffet. We'll be sitting in the back ready for a pounder. That was exactly what that game was. Yeah. They they let them into the fucking back. They let them into the back garden and let them fucking eat all the scran and then they left and didn't give them anything back. There was no give and take at this barbecue that, that they were at. It's a metaphorical barbecue. Uh, this game was just a slaughtering. Uh, it also just shows why we put Watford in the position where we put it as well. So again, people, we are prophets. Again, our predictions stand true. Um, and again, as I said before, South proved why he's the best player in the world right now. Liverpool uh, proved why I said they're the best overall team in the league and possibly in the world. Probably in the world. Um, on their day. I mean, and... I, I mean, the only questionable position player that's in the team at the moment, obviously, he's only in there because of injuries, is, is Naby Keita for me because he scored some great goals last couple of weeks. Obviously, he scored another really yeah. good one against Atletico Madrid. But he got taken off at half-time because when it actually comes to tracking back and defending um, and being a solid central midfielder, he does get found wanting so many times and whatnot. And that's a worry for us. That's the only position I'm slightly worried about. I'm always, I'm now kind of, I, I get excited whenever we attack and navigate against the ball because I'm always anticipating him doing something. But Liverpool's midfield has been so good the last couple of years, or especially since Klopp has come in, is that they've been workhorses and they've been hard to, to, to break down because they're so solid. And that's my only concern. I mean, Curtis Jones is out at the moment. Thiago is out. So, you know, you haven't got that. And we didn't get a replacement. So, we haven't, so you've got Henderson, Milner and Fabinho, who are definitely our, our best three midfielders fit at the moment. But they can't play every game and you do need to to switch it about and whatnot and you do I, I, as a Liverpool fan I do I'm starting to wonder whether in the because Liverpool aren't going to change their system they're not going to change it they're going to keep the the three to work hard in midfield they're going to still play the Domani and Salah and you're going to have that that that, that strike of, of Bobby Firmino or, or Jota so you know for Naby Keita you want him in a cam role but we're never going to play like that because that's not how we set up and if you change it you mess up the system and stuff like that. So you do question whether has Naby Keita got a future because if he can't get himself, you know, to, if he can't get Klopp to trust him enough to keep him on in big games when when the backs are turned and you need to, to roll up the sleeves and, and be a, a solid unit, you know, you, you do worry for him whether he can actually stay in this team and whatnot because, unfortunately... It doesn't work like that for Liverpool. You need you you you, you know people have been saying that Liverpool need that that attacking force in midfield and whatnot, and that is very true. But the reason that you put Thiago in over Keita is that Thiago can roll up his sleeves and be and, and be in and joining in that solid three. So that would be my only concern um, at the moment um, and whatnot for for Naby Keita at the moment. And I do love him, I, I really do, and I I'm. Begging that the one day he will become the millionaire that we that we spent all the money on, but he's running out of time now. He really is. Uh, and a quick thought before I move on to Chelsea about Mane getting his hundred Premier League goal. Salah got his at Leeds and whatnot. You know, Salah and Mane they they're gonna go down history as two of Liverpool's best play ever players. 
you know, you put them straight into the top end of the conversation of are they the best two wingers to ever play in the Premier League? Um, you know, there's plenty of names, so we're not going to go into that because I'm sure you'd have you'd have a say on that now. But um, you know, solid stuff from Sadio Mane. It really was. Um, I saw I saw the argument to be made. Yes, definitely an argument to be made. And maybe one day we'll do a pod where we will we'll we'll, we'll try and create an all time Premier League eleven, but. I think it would get very, very heated. <laughs> but um, anyway, let's let's move on to your lot, Noah. Um, Chelsea, you know, a team that we've we dropped points against lately. Um, Brentford, you might have nick the one 0 win. It was a lovely goal by Chilwell and whatnot. But is it oh. fair to say that you won that the three points went back to Stamford Bridge because of Mendy? Because of Mendy and also because of the post. Has that post been has been taken back to Stamford Bridge as a memento? <laughs> I sent a man with a very big suitcase and he took that post from there <laughs> and he's delivered to my house as we speak. Express delivery. Um, it was a very stressful performance. Obviously, we, uh, Lukaku... Uh, after a couple of scares, scored, but it was offside. Rightfully so, it was offside. There's no one to say about that. We can get into the game a wee bit. Uh, we can have all played our own. We had a couple of chances. Chilwell then scored well and volley, as we know. But despite not as us not playing that bad, you know we didn't play bad at all. Brentford just played really fucking well and they showed that quality that I've been saying for most of the season they were just they were not afraid whatsoever even when they conceded they were not afraid I, I would go as far as saying when they conceded they were more deadly um, they hit the post again then you're just kind of sitting good you know, when are they actually going to get the goal? Because they look more likely than us to score once after we scored. They look more likely to score. They then get that chance. Mendy saves it. Then we need to clear it away. But then we don't. Then Shalabas there online has the instinct to run for the position he's in. He's not even anywhere near that position when the, when the chance first happened. Then he falls back. He has that instinct as a young player. Uh, he's using that. He, he's he's got experienced heads behind him, I'm sure. And then shortly after that, Mendy makes another save, takes the ball right in the face. It's brutal. It doesn't look nice. Uh, yes, people, that sometimes happens. The red arse as well. But we'll fall back to that. Um, that looked sore. And then something I'd like to. This this is the this is the key thing, everyone. Brentford one 0 down, hitting the post, can score to save their lives. They're struggling. They're doing everything they can despite it. This Brentford player, can't remember his name. So what the shot at the end. Decides to hit an overhead kick. No guard. He hits he hits it with such finesse. He's so much confidence. And Mendy with a fucking fantastic save. People could argue it's right arm, but that's going above his head. 
keep us. No, the re- I mean the reflexes that you needed to, to show for that is just incredible. Exactly, and with that save, he proved why he was given the man a match award, and he's in a he's in a few of them this season. He has. And is that a bad? Is he's still not the best bad? keeper in the Prem though. <laughs> and, and that's not that's a, that's not something for um, and it just is it bad for us to go well why is our goalkeeper constantly getting these man performances but no I'm going to go straight on and say it's because he's, it's because he's shown that he deserves it for the quality and, and the times he's been saving it and yeah he's the brightly King Mendy as long as I say I've already <laughs> Uh, over performance, we done okay. Brentford were just on it. Brentford just were a d- different level that day. Um, well, they have been they, all should... season, haven't they? To be fair, you know, yeah, Brentford... obviously Arsenal I'm, I'm... and Liverpool have dropped points against them, so it's a massive win for us. Yeah, massive win for us. Delighted with the result, but very unlucky by Brentford. I think they should have at least got a point at the end of it. Could have got a win if they took their chances more. Didn't have the post. It made the then those great saves. They could have. They, they should have got away with a point. That's all I'm saying. Uh, very, very unlucky with them. But as a Chelsea fan, I'm sitting going. Great that we got out of it with the three points. You know, we got out of the skin of our teeth. But sometimes it it sometimes it just be like that. We can't all be fortunate that we have the best player in the world and we're winning 5 0 away. Sometimes it's got to be gritty. Sometimes we've just got to be thankful that our, that our man between the sticks is the best man in the day. So, good win for the Blues. We march on. It does, and it put you um, at top of the table by a point as well. Of course, your only defeat has been a city as well, so that's nothing to be ashamed of at all. It's been yeah. a great start. I mean, some. I mean, you won obviously last night in Champions League as well, which is fantastic. But some bad news for you is that Lukaku is going to miss a couple of games now. I mean, not and been in the barely. best. He's not been in the best of form lately either. So maybe it's not the best worst thing for him in terms of just maybe getting a a few weeks away, you know, to reset, recharge, get fully fit again, and go again. I suppose. But but having said that, though, he's still going to be a big loss. Werner is also out too. So oh, is he? Oh, dear God. That, that's the both of them out. So it's, we're going to need Mendy to bring out that performance yet again, I'm sure. Um, well, and... you've got Norwich, obviously, at the weekend at home, which is just, well, it's, it's a buy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, other players have just got to show their quality and they've just got to give a, a bit more. But I'm not too worried as Norwich, but you know, you never know. You never know. I suppose. I mean, your next fixtures of Norwich, Newcastle and Burnley. And then you would expect, if it's not by the Burnley game, but after that, because it's an international break after that Burnley game, that Lukaku will be back then for the games against like Leicester, United. So, you know, not the worst time in the world to, to have him out. Although you could argue that it would have been good to get his confidence to get a couple of goals in those games and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but Brentford are definitely my... My standout team, uh, they're definitely standout team. They've been fantastic. I love their manager. You know, he brings so much energy to that place. They're making that stadium a fortress. You know, it's it's a horrible st- a ground to go to. They really do 
that you can see how much they they love their team watching them at the moment and rightly so they play some wonderful stuff i mean Mbwemo and like the Vivan Tony um you know Jansen at the back um you know Norgard in midfield you know so many names i mean even their goalkeeper Rias a, a great goalkeeper as well you know they they're, they're going to be so difficult and whatnot and it showed when they, they managed to come back against us and whatnot so fair play to them and you know you need to get those results if you're going to win the league you need to be winning these games when you're not at your best or when you go to a difficult away ground so fair play to to Chelsea um for that um very quickly Mella I am just going to quickly um well actually no there's, there's actually well no I actually I'm going to run through the results very quickly but there's one more t- there's um one or two more results we can talk a little bit more about um, before yeah. I do that, um, just having a look at the results again. Of course, there was a big comeback for Wolves, who managed to come back from 2-0 down to beat Villa at the, in their own backyard, 3-2. I mean, they were 2-0 down to the 80th minute. <laughs> so it's absolutely incredible that they, they came back and won that. You know, a master bonus for them. Wolves just picking up a couple of decent results now. Um their manager just starting to, to maybe stamp his authority on the team and and turn those um those decent performances into actual points on, on the board, which is fantastic for them. Um and of course I, I can't you know, we, we have to talk about Arsenal, you know. So much praise for them in recent weeks. I mean last week they, they drew nil nil away to Brighton, wasn't the best performance. Um and again, they've dropped points again, this time at home to Palace. I mean, are we really um, surprised that they've dropped oh. points? Because I think we did say after the Spurs oh. game, we wouldn't be surprised if the next couple of games they, they went and dropped some points, you know. It's just, I mean, we talk about Oli out. Is it time for our Tesson out? Again, a paper over the crack scenario with this one. He got a couple of decent results and people forgot about it and that's been the story of Arsenal um, and for a long piece of time. Um, yeah, I also think it's, I, I think it's time for out time for Arteta. Uh, listen, his players, he's, he's not, it's not like he's not had his players Again, we said he should get time with his own players, but he has. He's just not the right man for the job. You can just see it. Um, I mean, ironically, is the right man for the job the one that was in the, the opposing dugout in Patrick Vieira, who, you know, Palace had a really difficult start to the season. You know, they, they, they 100% did, but, you know, they, Vieira, he's, he's stamping us off on us. He got a win against Spurs. He took a point against Arsenal, although they, they should have won the game. It was so harsh at the end of the game to to, to, to concede a goal right to the death and whatnot. You know, Vieira would be so disappointed to be with that. It would have been a big statement for him to then to get three points um, away at the Emirates and whatnot. Um, you know, is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, as, as a manager, you'd be, you'd be disappointed that you have the one in your grasp and then you lose it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a sore one. It's a sore one. 
know, maybe maybe if you concede at like the sixty eighth minute and then you try your best but you still go on to draw the game, you're like, We tried, we failed, but to be so close, yeah, concede it's gonna be a slow one for Pat Patrick in that sense. Especially going up against a new team, it's something to prove, you know. Even though it's not a scalp he really wants, you know, he's a professional. You know, if he's at if he's at Palace and he's playing Arsenal, he's a Palace man at that point in the day, despite his history with them. But disappointing. Um, even more, even lucky for the Arsenal to get that point. And you know, I'm not going to go too early on them because I'm kind of getting tired of bantering these fools because they're just proving me right. And I know I don't hate to be right. I'm getting bored of being right sometimes, you know. Um, you know, they're just they just ain't surprised me anymore. They had that one week where they where they made me fucking praise them about four times due to technical difficulties. But since then, they've just been there all over the place. So we'll just see what happens with that. We'll see if they can. Get themselves out of that rut. Will they paper over cracks again? Probably. And then he'll be here longer. But we'll we'll let we'll let the Arsenal board and the Arsenal fans suffer in their dismay. Harsh words, but um I mean I mean one player that's that that's um rolling up his sleeves a bit is Aubameyang, someone that we get for after his performance last season. Was ready to go, but yeah. he's rolled up his sleeve. He's working hard. He's getting the an important goal here and there. So that's a positive for Arsenal, um, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it was it was um, it was unfortunate because Arsenal that would that would suck them into the top four, I believe, if they if they'd won the game and then if they'd won their game tomorrow against Villa, um, and that would have been a huge statement from them. Um, but they've missed that opportunity, um, and definitely a point flattered Arsenal, particularly for that. That second half performance, um, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I'll just um, unless you've got anything to say on that game, I'll, I'm just going to quickly run through the rest of the Premier League results. Um, so on Saturday we had City beat Burnley two 0 pretty standard results, um, really. Um, Bernardo Silva getting on the score sheet. He started the season really well. I think he's a player that everybody was thinking was going to go in the summer. Didn't seem he had a place in Pep's start eleven anymore, but he seems to have found a role for him in the middle of the park, which seems to suit him more. Um, he's playing great football. He's taking on players. You know, he's really starting to show his quality once again, which we we know, which we saw a couple of seasons ago. So good for him. Um, Norwich got a, a, a draw against Brighton at home. It was nil nil, very uneventful. Um, Southampton beat Leeds one nil at home. Good result for them. Um. And then in other games that we haven't mentioned, Sunday we had, um, excuse me, we had uh, West Ham beating Everton by the one goal at Goodison Park. Bonner got the winner in that one. Big statement from them. Two teams that are definitely going to be neck and neck in the table, trying to leapfrog each other to get back into those European positions. Um, and then I think I've actually we've actually managed. To, I think we've spoken about more games than we normally have um this this week because uh, of how insane in the weekend results were. Miller, 
Um, so yeah. that's um that's pretty good. Um, and now, guys, it is time for your oh, favorite. No. <laughs> Just say oh no. Let me let me speak. Okay. <laughs> It, it, can I have a drum roll? It is, of course. It's time <laughs> for the Largs Fissile update. Um, and last weekend, our uh, favourite team in the west of Scotland, Largs Fissile, got a 5-1 victory against Glasgow Pass here in the Cup. Um, a very good okay. performance from them. And that was at home as well. They progress... Um, into the third round of that competition so absolutely fantastic from the thistle um in here, that here, competition here, here's a question Mindy. see since uh since this podcast been created see now that we're super fans of logs thistle again do we go to a game we should um and maybe that is something that we can do in the future mella that would be quite a good idea definitely I've got my scarf. I've got it right, right here. It's, it's right actually. It's tied below my bedpost. <laughs> um, and yeah, he doesn't like the updates. Typical Chelsea fan when they're not winning. He doesn't want anything to do with them. Um, <laughs> so, not true. <laughs> not true. Um, anyway, they've got um, another cup clash coming up at the weekend um, against Comnock, which will be a difficult game. So, fingers crossed for the Thistle and all the best to them for that game. Anyway, um, Mella, we have been speaking for just over an hour now. Um, before we do our final, before we almost finish up. Um, do you have any footballing topics that you would like to discuss before we finish? Mm. And I'm going to take that silence as a no. <laughs> um, Not particularly. I, um, I, don't, I don't think any other football exists. But apparently... Obviously, there's the of other leagues, of course, buying managed to smash. Leverkusen 5 on. that's another one off the top of my head that's... Um, I can remember. Um, in the, obviously Europa League action tonight. Um, your um your Scottish team. I say your Scottish team. Um, it's your, it's your, it's your proper team, Rangers. Um, obviously, are playing mm. tonight in the Europa League. Um, it's a big game. You need to get you need to get three points against Bromby. Um, if you're gonna have any chance of getting out of that group, which has not started particularly well for you, um. How confident are you feeling for that game tonight? Um, going by the weekend results, not going to go into it. Uh, no, I'm not confident, but you know anything can happen. Uh, people say it is only Bromby, but it was only Bromby before, so you know. Well, if you can we win just... these next two games against Bromby, that puts you on six points in the group. It puts you in a decent position to to, to nick that second place off Sparta Prague um, and whatnot. So it's not done yet. It's a big game for you, definitely. I hope they prove me wrong, but I'm not too confident. But come on, boys, get me the win. Don't ruin. I know I'm working tonight, but don't ruin my day. Because after today, I'm off for two days. 
So don't ruin my weekend before it begins. <laughs> so please, with all dear God, please, please, don't ruin my weekend. Thank you. You you heard the man there, Rangers. He wants three points and nothing less. Uh, nothing less. <laughs> in that game. Um, listen, it's, that's, that's us finished, guys, um, for another episode of the Good Vest Evil podcast. Um, I would like to thank Miller for joining me once again for another pleasant hour or so, just dissecting the results of the weekend. Um, so thank you for joining me, and I hope work goes well for you tonight, Miller, and um, fingers crossed for your Rangers to get a decent result as well. But that is it, guys. I have been Rigby. And I have been Miller. And until next week, guys, um, that is it from us. So take care, all the best, and we will catch you in the next episode. ta guys. Goodbye.